So I just want to continue on the musing that we talked about, um, which we started off in the last episode. And I had mentioned in, in that um, episode, if you haven't listened to it, please, the, the last one that says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. First John chapter 5, verse 8 says, And there are three that bear witness on the earth. The spirits, the water, and the blood. The water refers to the word. The spirit here is talking about the Holy Ghost. And um, the water, which is about the word of God, which we have here as a witness. We have the word, you know. And then the blood that was actually shed. And I was saying that, you know, it's important for us, and, and I don't know, I know I may be sounding a little bit like a, a very naive Christian here, but please just help me in the fact that I'm just beginning to really understand some of these things in a way that is meaningful to me. I'm beginning to understand that the, <laughs> Satan is really the God of this world. And I'm not saying it because I see him as some mighty person and that's a God with a small g. But I'm saying it because it's making me realize that it is normal. The only reason why this world is not, as in it is still possible to experience good and joy in this earth is because Jesus came and he died for us. And it's because God is the most high God and he still is interested in what happens upon the earth. And that he has at every point in time made a way of escape for us through Jesus, through the blood, through the Holy Spirit, through the word of God. So even before Christ came, he sent prophets, he sent his word, you know, he was always sending things to make people able to deal with the evil that is on earth. And he made the most perfect way of escape through the word and uh, through Jesus. But the reason why he had to send his own son, why he went to all this extent, even his Holy Spirit, these are things that normally, normally should remain in heaven. He had to go to this extent because of the extent of the evil and the extent of the adversary that we have against us it's important that i don't know maybe i'm i'm over it's important that we understand this but i understand this because god is not a he doesn't overdo things you know i mean well he actually sometimes he well he's an abundant god but what i mean is that everything that he does is intentional everything that he does is purposeful he doesn't do what is not needed he doesn't go where he's not wanted you know you know what i'm saying god satisfies needs i hardly ever see him you know, doing anything for once. He does what is needful to do. And if it's, he does it in abundance because it is needful to do so. So everything, if it was not needful to send the Lord Jesus Christ, to send the Holy Spirit, to provide, to let the Holy Spirit come in such power and provide such awesome manifestation of gifts, he would not have done it. But it's because of the nature of the adversary that we have and the kind of evil construct that has been put in place here. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about, you know, what this um, evil construct is about, because I think it's better to glorify God than to glorify those that are against God. But I think it's the reason why God mentioned these things in the Bible is so that we can be aware. And I just went looking into those scriptures that um, describe or talk about you know, um, the prince of the world, which the the devil is actually described as. 
and you would find out that there are quite a number of um, scriptures where he's described in this way. Jesus described him as the prince of this world in about two different places. The disciples described him as the prince of the power of the air and all what. Um, I mean, the the early um, the, the apostles described him as that in about three other places. In about five or six references where Satan, the enemy, the adversary, is described as either the god of this world, small g, or the prince of this world. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul described him and his um, leadership team <laughs> as the rulers of the darkness of this world. And I like that I like that description because I think when you call somebody the god of this world, it's not easy for people to understand. I mean, you know, there's also another person who says, who the god of this world, yeah. I think that was 2 Corinthians chapter 4 when he says, the god of this world hath blinded the minds of people so that they will not be able to receive the gospel. And we see that happening here in the world today. So, but then, I like the Ephesians 6 description because that one puts it in context. Because it makes you understand that God is still the most high God and he's still the God over the heavens and all of the earth. So that position is not um, in dispute. But what is in the what is what is in the context of you know the enemy is the he and his cohorts they are the rulers of the darkness. They they are not the rulers of the light. They cannot be, because the light of God that is in the world by His word, by His blood, by His spirit, that is all part of God's kingdom on earth. But the darkness that is in this world, they are the ones ruling over it. It's important for us as Christians to know and to understand this. Because that is only when it is we should we, we are it's like we are in enemy territory. You know, this is not a place that you you sit down and you are feeling, you know, and you are at ease. It's not. It is not. It's not. And you know, even in the parable of the test, in fact, I'm reading the book of Matthew and everything that every Christian needs to be warned about. Honestly, the, the gospel of Matthew is a complete gospel from the beginning to the end. If one gives one's life to Christ, I would just say, just start the book of Matthew. Just read that book of Matthew. In fact, the four gospels will tell you everything you need to do. But Matthew, please read it from the beginning to the end. Matthew chapter 1 to Matthew 28 back and forth four times before you even go to the others just stay in matthew get a red letter bible focus on the words written in red the words of jesus he will tell you everything you need to know he warns us a lot about these things he tells us about the, there's the parable of the tears where he tells us about how the enemy came and sowed tears within the weeds in his own kingdom and we see that today. So counterfeit Christians, counterfeit prophets, counterfeit teachers, counterfeit pastors, people who look exactly like children of the kingdom until their fruits begin to show them out. And you know what it, it means. I mean, those of us who farm or are green fingers, you know how it is, how it is when, you know, you, you, when you can, t- you can only tell that there is weeds or there is something wrong with your crop when they start sprouting out and you know, showing leaves and sprouts of fruits that is not what you expected or is different from what you know that you planted. But when it's in the ground, you won't know. When it's growing, you won't know. When it's a seedling, you may not observe as well. 
But when it's full blown, yes, that's when you know. So there's a lot to be cautious about as a Christian, as a minister of the gospel, as a child of God. There's just a lot. The rulers of the darkness of this world. And this world is dark. I'm sorry, it's so dark. It's so dark. The evil that goes on in this world. I mean, just open your social media, open your newspapers. The things that you read, the things that you see. The inhumanity, the evil, the oppression. The lack of compassion. The reward systems that are in place against good and Making sure that anything that is evil, that is oppressive, that is manipulative, that is deceptive, is what is rewarded. Glorifying billionaires who have no conscience over and above honest, hardworking people is the most demonic. We are in an alternate universe. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is a high-level matrix that we're in. That movie, The Matrix, was not science fiction. It was a very spiritual movie. It describes aptly in science fiction language what we are going through right now. How this world system is structured. But what I'm most happy about is that God has made a way of escape, number one. Number two, he's still the most high. So even in the scheme of things, he's still most high and he never relinquished that position. Which is why man can still resist the enemy. And God tells us in James chapter 5 verse 3, resist the devil and he will flee. So he, will tell, he, he won't tell us to resist if you know that we cannot resist. And I know, you can resist the devil. Yes. Even, I mean, Adam and Eve could have resisted him in the garden. You can resist the devil. It's easier to resist him when you have the power of God with you in the name of Jesus and by the blood of God. But your will, even your will, I believe, to a very large extent, can actually resist the devil. But the power of God can enable you to not just resist, to defeat in your life to make of non effect and even take some of his overcome his power remove those people under him people who have been oppressed by him it is possible by the power of god for you to be able to do that for i all of us as christians to be able to do that but it's also important for us as we go out into the world and this is what i'm learning to be aware of the fact that i am in enemy territory i shouldn't be surprised if there are counterfeit relationships around me people who are in my life biologically through family relationships or as friends as workmates who are actively under the rulership of the rulers of the darkness of this world the leadership of the rulers of the darkness of this world and are consciously committed to fulfilling and working his purpose and agenda in the same way as i am committed and working the purpose and the agenda of god I mean, if we were operating in a natural context, like I was a secret agent for like a government, I would understand this. That's exactly how we're supposed to operate. Imagine you are a Russian agent living and working in America. You will be on your guard at all times. Anybody that comes into your life, you'll be so even your, you'll be careful even with your family members because you won't want your cover blown. Except if you know that that person is also working for the interests of the government as you are. That's exactly how it is for those of us as Christians. But the difference is that we're not here as harmful elements. We're here as merciful, loving elements. But just like Jesus said also in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 16, wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. I've always wondered why Jesus would ask his 
disciples to be wise as a serpent. But it's because we are in enemy territory. We are in enemy territory. We should not get overcome with all this, oh, family, husband, wife, children, thing. All of that is just what we need. It's all, it's all part of, okay, the coping mechanism for us to be able to function on this earth. But primarily, we should be using our family as a vessel of God's glory. And I don't mean using it in a bad sense. I mean, we should be lifting it up to God as a platform and an expression for him to use it for his glory. Home is, this, is the kingdom that Jesus will bring to bear. Not where we are right now. This place is not home. And this is the Lord just speaking to me right now because this is so different from everything that we're, you know, from the way perspective that is prevalent out there that almost pretends as if Jesus is not coming a second time, that almost thinks that this is going to continue to be the way the world is. I mean, who really wants this world to continue like this? Have, when last were you in a meeting where people were actually praying for the Lord's return? Even though I know it's not something we're supposed to pray for because he will come back anyway. But when last were you and I in a meeting where we actually heard anyone preaching about Jesus is coming soon? Even COVID did not make anybody people preach that way. So anyways, um, I'm just going to leave this here. And I have no idea what I'm going to call this title. But when it's time to publish, I trust God that he will lead as he always does. I just want to read a few of the verses that talk about um, Satan being the prince of this world. There are about five of them. John 12, 31 says, Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. That was Jesus speaking. John 14, 30 says, I will not speak much more with you. For the ruler of the world is coming and he has nothing in me. That's what Jesus was saying. Ephesians 2, 2, Paul speaking, he says, In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now walking in the sons of disobedience. This is Paul explaining to the disciples how their being born again in Christ has made them different. He says there is a course of things in this world that makes people walk in a particular way. Exactly like the Matrix. I hope you've watched the Matrix. It says, and that course is determined by the prince of the power of the air. And it is a spirit being that is walking in the sons of disobedience. Who are the sons of disobedience? Anybody who has not received Christ. What we see here is there is a conscious walking, there is an unconscious walking. Because there is a course. There is a course that this world pushes everyone on. What is that course? Lust of the flesh. And I'm not saying C-U-R-C, C-O-R-S-E, like a course, like a race course. There is a course, a journey, a direction, a, a trajectory of this world. Pushes us all in the way of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. John teaches a lot about this, actually, doctrine of the world. Because even what I've just said, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's also in the book of John. John chapter 16, 11 says, And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I, will, I think I need to read the context of some of the scriptures so that it can make sense. John 16, 11, where he's saying, so from verse 10, he says, um, And concerning righteousness, let me try and read this from the beginning. 
and then there is you know the scripture in corinthians when paul then talks about you know the god of this world how he has blinded the eyes of people so that they cannot see it's just really bizarre to me that you know there is not as much teaching on this that i I think there should be so this is jesus speaking all this i have told you so that you will not fall away they will put you out of the synagogue this is jesus preparing his disciples of what was going to come in fact the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to god they will do such things because they have not known the father or me i have told you this so that when their time comes you will remember that i warned you about them i did not tell you this from the beginning because i was with you but now i'm going to him who sent me that's the father none of you ask me where are you going rather you are filled with grief because i have said these things but truly i say unto you it is for your good that i'm going away unless i go away the advocate which is the holy spirit will not come to you but if i go i will send him to you when he comes he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because people do not believe in me about righteousness because i am going to the father where you can see me no longer and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned i like this version this is new new international version of the bible so jesus himself describes the enemy as the prince of this world he said he now stands condemned by the blood of jesus by the power of jesus please if you have not listened to the last episode please listen to it because i think that sets the scene for what we're talking about here so all of this just shows us that the natural cause of this world is anti-christ anti-god it's very demonic very evil we should i mean things things are made to work in an evil way the way the reason why evil is not all encompassing on this world is because god is still the god of the universe and he retains power over the god of the universe He's still the God of the earth, so he has put certain things in place. There's a limit to what the devil can do. The devil can't destroy the world, for instance. You know what I'm saying? Those are Jehovah powers. So he can only operate within the mandate that the earthly world provides. In fact, I suspect that he's actually limited by the things that men allow him to do, which is why our evangelism as Christians is important. Because if we can preach and influence as many people as possible with Christ and pull them away from yielding themselves to the enemy, the devil will be neutralized on earth. He can only walk through men. You you know what I'm saying? He can only walk through men. Because once he's then outside of that, you know, all the other things where you can ask, can he walk through events and whatever, there's a limit to what he can do. Like I said, he can't destroy the earth. That God created is not possible. He doesn't have that power. He can create some drama in some places, you know. But even in those places, if someone prays, like Elijah prays, for instance, if, I mean, if they pray, they can, you can actually stop anything he's planning to do. So he's limited, he depends on men to rule on earth because he doesn't have a physical king. I mean, he's not permitted. You know, he doesn't have a physical body. He can't but The earth God made it for the children of men. So, he's limited by the um, um, subservience. Men have to, men have to willingly and consciously and unconsciously submit to him, yield to him for him to rule. Which is really why Jesus, I think, you know, he really said, 
He's given unto us a ministry of reconciliation. It's important when he says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. It's important that we send the knowledge of God out to the nations. We need to keep speaking it, whether people are receiving it or not. Or whether we think they are. Because even just by the preaching of it, we are reducing, we are limiting his ability. Because the knowledge of God must go out. It must continue to be a witness upon the earth. It's the only thing that is restraining the evil. It's the only thing that is making this world even a slightly tolerable place to be able to live. Otherwise, the climate change that we are seeing is just a physical representation of the heat that we'll experience on this earth. Because these rulers, they have no mercy. The Bible describes them in Isaiah 14 as people that do not open the doors of their prisoners. Have you ever seen a prison that does not open, doesn't ever do amnesty? The devil, except somebody else comes to open door, they never, anybody that comes into their gaol, their prison gates, they, do, they never release you. Evil to the core. So I'll just leave it at that. And I really don't know, I guess the Lord will do with this one. I'm not even going to bring it to a close because there is no closing. We are still in it until Jesus returns. This is what we must be. We must preach the kingdom of God. We must preach about the three things that witness upon the earth. First John 5, it's the blood, the spirit, and the water, washing of water by the word. And we must hold on to those words because that is what is restraining the reign of evil upon this earth. May the Lord help us to do that which he has committed into our hands to his glory. May his will be done upon earth as it is in heaven. May we be delivered from every hand of evil, of darkness. And may his name be eternally glorified in our lives, in our spaces, in our nations, in our communities, in our households, and in our hearts. All to his glory, in Jesus' name. Amen.